0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and a special guest. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello there, listener, and welcome to another episode of VBC's Behold Podcast. Uh, as you heard in the intro, this is Sean and Dan, and this is kind of a fun one because it's been a while. Say hello, Connie.
1: Hi. Oh,
2: well, that's it? That's all you got? Just a hi? <laughs> I thought Uh-oh. I was going to be in Korean about, like, or like, at it's least. it's great to,
0: great to be on,
2: you know? It's nice to see you it's guys. It's nice to see you guys. Okay, good. There you oh, go. So unforced.
0: Connie, in the uh, we love having you here. So grateful for you to be here. Just give us a little bit of a, a taste of the Johnson household. How are you guys doing in this season? Mm.
1: Uh, we are doing well. Um, uh, my mom actually passed away uh, beginning of this month, and that was um, hard and sad, and um, definitely a, you know several weeks of difficulties. But um, we she knew the Lord. She loved the Lord. So that made every difference, of course, knowing Mm. that she is in paradise with, with Jesus. Um, I just kept thinking about what he said to that thief on the cross who, you know, who called on his name. He said, Mm. today, today you will be with me in paradise. And it was really cool though, to, I mean, God was so kind that he allowed me to be there at her last moments and to see her breathe her last, breath, knowing that the next moment she was with him.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's such a, it's so kind of mysterious in a way, you know, just how, how that whole thing works out. But, but man, what a, what a confidence that we have and what a hope we have. And so when, when some, when we lose somebody, we don't grieve the way the world grieves, you know, we Mm -hmm. grieve with a, with a hope. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Have you, have you seen it? how 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 have you seen kind of the family respond like i think a lot of times um you know people handle grief in different ways i mean has it brought you guys together has it brought up some other things that need to be dealt with i mean how how's everybody kind of coping like in the household
1: yeah i i definitely think <clears throat> um for example my sister's family and our family we had been a little bit there's been a little bit of distance because of my parents who came to live with me. And mm. anyway, it's a long, long story, but I feel like through my mom's illness, it that has brought us together in some really wonderful ways. There's still work to be done there, but um, so that's been beautiful. And just watching the kids and how they dealt with with my mom, you know, it's they've been living with us for over like four years. And mm. so it... it it was not easy all the time, you know, but <laughs> I think as I read yesterday somewhere, somebody said, death puts everything in perspective. Wow. And, you know, you realize uh, that really everything everything is temporary. That's and so I think that it's it's really wonderful to see Neil and Alex and Rachel um, and even Laura and far and far away Ellie just re- um, having that life lesson of you know, suffering, even difficulties dealing with people, that doesn't last forever. And we don't want to live with regret as much as possible. You know, my dad is definitely um, probably suffering the most because, you know, he's lost his little partner for 59 years. Oh, I was going to ask you how many years, 59 Mm -hmm. years. That's amazing. Yeah. And as I told several of you guys before, I feel like we have like an only child now, you know, cause he's kind of like, dependent. <laughs> he, just needy, yeah. he needs us. And so uh, it's, it's been interesting, but, uh, he's, he's doing well, you know, yeah. he, he's trusting in the Lord. Wow. What a
2: different dynamic. And also, man, how cool, I don't know if you thought about this at all, but just what a great legacy of faithful marriage, you know, mm-hmm. for, for you and Walt to, to, to look at and, you know, till death do us part. For sure, And there's there's fewer and fewer of those, unfortunately, in our world. So what mm-hmm. a blessing to be able to have a front row seat to, you know, them staying faithful to each other uh, for the last four years, like all the way to the end. So no, I, th- I think I, that, that's pretty cool.
1: Beautiful. Yeah, that's exact exactly right. I mean, they did not have like a beautiful marriage all their life, but I saw the kind of the phases of their marriage. And I have to say, their last years together, last probably 15 years together, was probably easiest of their entire mm, marriage. Wow. And you really, that's something to look forward to. You know, I, I'd say stay the course because there there are rough patches, but then there's this really great payoff, you know, yeah, if both of you live.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Wow. laughs> so eat your vegetables, you know, get your exercise, right? <laughs> right.
0: love it. That's thanks, awesome. Thanks, thanks for, for sharing, sharing Connie. Mm-hmm. I know
2: that's, it's all, you know, very vulnerable and close to home, so mm-hmm. I I think uh, we appreciate it, and and hopefully you you have sensed the support from VBC and the prayer support
0: and everything for your family. And oh so, my
1: goodness, so much. Yeah,
0: so we'll keep that going.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you being open, Connie, and it's cool because I'll give you a little pat on the back here. You know, I've witnessed you guys, and you've said this before too, um, that in this season you're really leaning on God's grace, mm-hmm. and how fitting with what we're talking about today of just leaning on God's grace and that being the enabler for doing everything that you're currently doing and your family's doing and whatnot. And thanks for being an example in that way. And we'll dive into that in a second. Um, But hey, on the flip side, I just heard, aren't you having a new grandchild coming to the fold soon?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Ellie is pregnant. um, So she's having another little Little Boy, right? Little yes, dude. I yeah, I'm like, I'm not on Facebook, so I'm not sure what it, she asked me. She goes, Do you mind if I post it? I said, Post it, and <laughs> uh, but I haven't actually seen the post, so I'm like, Did she say it's a boy? The gender right yeah, right. What, okay. can I share? Yeah, what? yeah she did. She okay, did. good. Yeah. Um, so she's having another little boy, and so Dominic will have a younger brother, which is so fun. I think it's boys need another boy, right? I agree, right, yeah. Dan? Oh, yeah, I love um, it. and so they'll be less than two years apart, they'll be. Uh, I don't know how many months, but it'll be like 19 or 18 months apart. So it'll be, it'll be busy for them for a while.
0: That's for sure. um, well, congratulations. That's you. cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. both of you know that life of having lots of kids close together. So I guess you can give some tips <laughs> for that. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's a party time. Just, um, just enjoy the chaos. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. So anyways, uh, like I said, man, just grace and God's grace. So uh, we're talking about Second Timothy 2, that first chunk from 1 through 7 and Nathan shared with me at the Ultima and Gary shared with you guys at the Crossing. And before we get into it, man, I heard all this buzz that you guys got some kind of bonus treat that I didn't get. What's that all about?
2: Oh, yeah, Gary Gary hooked it up. He uh he 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 brought us to um just a a great a great passage. Um Connie, you want to you want to kind of unpack that a little bit? Just what it, it was so good because we um we had just sung the song Waymaker and as as gary and and all of us were worshiping you know i think I think he was just struck with this idea that that God is always working in us that he's always working around us he's always working in the world and sometimes we don 't see it sometimes we don't feel it, but it doesn't mean that it's not happening and so so connie what, where did, what did he kind of it was almost like a lightning bolt, you know, inspiration. Yeah. He, and it was so cool. So what did he share? <laughs>
1: yeah, he came up and he was just bubbling over and he was like, I have to share this. This has nothing to do with the sermon that I'm preaching. But um, he was just talking about that. Uh, that passage in Philippians where it says, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So that idea of, you know, first of all, working out our salvation with fear and trembling and, and how, how fitting that is to, because if we don't have that fear of the Lord, a proper understanding of fear of the Lord, then we really None of we can't really walk the Christian life appropriately, and um, I think that that line in the song, even when I don't see it, you're working, even when I don't feel it, you're working. And um, Gary just highlighted from that passage in Philippians how you know he is the one that's willing, um, creating abilities and desires to act on you know, what is right for us. And so he's the one that's bringing that. And and, and I was thinking, oh, it's a bonus content, but it actually, when you... It when set you, the table really well. It totally well for, did. For, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and it's cool, Sean, you would have loved it because, and I'd never heard this before. So that, that that phrase, fear and trembling, is something that it's a, if you look at the original language, it, it was a phrase that was used to describe worship. Hmm. And and I've never thought about it that way, but just this... this um you know this act and expression of just being in awe of God, and and just to even you know to the point where you're you're physically moved in His presence, and and um, and it's just so cool that 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 is so um like tied to this experience of of living out the Christian life, right? So so it's like it's from that place of worship that we. We live and we actually do and and we we kind of figure out what it looks like to, to 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 live in God's will, you know? And so that I love those two terms. He was like, you know, um, so it comes from this place of worship, but but God is working um to will and and to act, right? So it's this it's this idea of like God is creating in us desires that are in rhythm with his heart. Mm-hmm. But then he doesn't stop there, he says, because how frustrating would it would it be if if uh, you know we only had the desire to, to do the good things that God has called us to do, but we didn't have the ability to to carry them out. So that's the the working aspect is God is is also giving us the ability to to then carry out those desires and man, it was just so encouraging and and yeah so so then then he he launches into this this idea of of God's enabling power you know, through his grace. And so, yeah, we can kind of start
0: talking there well, if you want. I just, I feel like, so, okay, really quick. We'll go on a tangent here. Cause we've got oh, two, yeah. two worship it. pastors here. That's what podcast are for. Exactly. Man, I love that. I love what Gary shared and just thinking about that, like physicality and worship, you know, and I will say, I love our church family with all my heart. You know, I love being here. I love being a part of our family. I love serving our people. Oh, I boy, think we, this sounds like a setup. Oh man. <laughs>
1: He's, he's giving us a sandwich, you know, yeah, exactly. really yeah, good, yeah. not uh, so good. Hey, yeah. you
0: listening, I love you. You're the best. However, I think one of the areas that our church family needs to grow, one of the most ways actually is probably that exact issue is physicality and worship, you know? And I think part of that is just a, it's like a, it's not COVID, it's a different kind of pandemic in Western church culture. A lot of us are not used to that, you know? it feels embarrassing, it feels vulnerable, whatever it is, to to move your body, to raise your hands, to bow before the Lord when you're singing and praying. But I love that you just brought attention to that, is that, man, we're physical beings. There's a Mm -hmm. reason that God made us in his image and not these ephemeral ephemeral wisps in the sky. You know, we Mm -hmm. have bodies because we're intended to be physical people. Mm -hmm. It would be so crazy talking about your your, your parents, Connie, or your marriage, or Dan and Emily, you guys, or me and Patty. It would be insane if we were married for 50 years and we were never physical with each other. We never held hands or hugged or kissed. But no, we do that because it comes from a genuine love for our spouse, right? Mm-hmm. We can't not do that. We just have to. In the same way, if man, if we are excited and like you said, Dan, moved and in awe of the power of our Lord, how can we not have a physical response to that? Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. I agree. You know, when you, um, I'm sure you guys have all seen pictures or videos of um, Muslims who are devout. You know, they bow all the way, prostrate, yeah. to pray. And when when you see that, you it, it does kind of like, I mean, their love for the for God, not the Lord. They obviously Allah is not God, but you <laughs> know, like it, it it's it's kind of convicting. Like, why don't we? Are are we not more physical in our in our prayers and in our worship, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you, Sean, that, that um, there's something to bowing. I mean, literally bowing, literally getting on our knees and maybe being prostrate before the Lord, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, and and that's, that's a great segue to what we talked about, you know, on, on Sunday, uh, at the crossing, because we, we were talking about, um, this enabling power of God that, that he gives us through his grace and, the way that Paul talks about, writes about it to Timothy, he says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And you're like, yes, that sounds great. That's awesome. I love it. But then Gary was like, but did you notice how he doesn't, he doesn't tell you how, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't tell us as the reader, we're kind of, we're kind of spying in on this letter to Timothy, right? Um, He doesn't explain how do we access that grace. And I love what Gary said. He's like, the reason he doesn't say it in the letters, because He's already told Timothy, right? They've spent so much time together and all that stuff. So then Gary was really good. Like he he brought us to James 4, he brought us to 2nd Corinthians 12. And basically the message there was the way you access God's grace is through humility. And so I love man, there is such a um such a neediness, such a um this this poor in spirit kind of attitude of just saying, like I have, I am nothing. I am broken. I am empty. I cannot do what God you have called me to do. And so, and it's from that place, that place of humility, of of neediness, of being at the end of your rope, that's where we find God's grace. That's where his strength is made perfect. When we are weak, when we are, um, you know, when we have nothing left, that's when God does his best work in us. And so, yeah, so that picture of, of us, you know, Really humbling ourselves physically, bowing down in some way to to show that humility, um, and how that connects to to us accessing the grace. I mean, I think that's really uh, an important
1: point. Mm. You know, and it's not just Paul. Like, well, first of all, he, he um, Gary used the James passage, so James says the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Paul, what as what Paul says, but also in Peter, and Peter says it in First Peter five, where it says, "Humble yourselves before the Lord, casting your anxiety on Him." Mm. So it, it's, and and of course Jesus said that too in Matthew about do not worry. And, you know, we're supposed to just trust in him. Right? right. It's it's an act of humility. So it's really so consistent. I love how there's such a consistency in, in the Bible about that.
2: Well, yeah. And, and doesn't Peter go on to say like, you know, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Um, and at the proper time he, he will, he will lift you up. He will exalt you. Right. Right. So, so there, there is this, there is this thread running through scripture of, of God, lifting the head of the lowly, right? And and what I love about that First Peter passage you just brought up is it's, um, I don't know, there's two ways we can be humbled, right? Or there's two ways we can arrive at that place of humility, I guess. We can choose to humble ourselves, right? We can willfully place ourselves under the mighty hand of God, or some sometimes things happen in our life where God's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to humble you. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you eat that humble pie, you know, um, and and that's the thing about God is He knows how to do this, right? I love the story um, in Daniel of King King Nebuchadnezzar. You guys familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's he's standing. I mean, he's probably one of the most powerful kings that ever lived. Yeah, you know, great, one of the most vast empires ever. He's standing, you know, on his balcony. He's just surveying his his, you know, his land and and his kingdom, and he's just like. Feeling pretty good. I'm pretty great, right? <laughs> like, man, is there anybody who's better than me? And and Daniel says, while the l- words were still on his lips, mm. um, God basically transformed him h- into his mind and his body so that he lived like a wild animal for a period of, of seven years. He's just in the wild, like eating grass and... I mean, can you imagine like what people must have thought, like what this, this person has lost his mind and, mm. and oh, how the mighty have fallen. Right. Mm. Well, what happens after that period of time, he comes to his senses. He comes to his senses and he, uh, humbles him. He, he realizes I've been humbled. I'm at this place of, of neediness and brokenness. I'm at the end of my robe. And he finally acknowledged God as, as Lord and King and sovereign overall, and he and he says in that in this little song or dissertation or whatever he he says, you know how to humble the proud, God. Wow, this mm-hmm. is amazing. And what did God do? He restored him back to his place of of um, authority, and and he, he brought him back to being over this kingdom. And so, and that's just one example, right, in scripture where where man if. It, <laughs> God knows how to bring us to that place, right? Of neediness and lowliness. And I don't know about you guys, but I would rather do it willfully than have to have go through like something that what like Nebuchadnezzar went through. Um, but sometimes, unfortunately, it's it's it ends up being kind of a mixture of the two, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So I. I uh, anyway, that's
1: a great story, though. Yeah.
2: What do you guys think about that whole that whole thing of like, you know. Um, this this opportunity for us to to humble ourselves versus being humbled by God. anybody want to share anything on that or what, do, what, yeah. what what does that bring up for you guys?
0: Well, I think like one of the takeaways from that, I think like when we think about Nebuchadnezzar and um, yeah, I think we forget that he suffered from exactly what we suffer from. You know, his carnal, selfish nature, we all, we all have inherited that as broken people. We all need Come Jesus, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> sometimes you- we think about these kinds of things and we're like, oh, well that was biblical history and you know, he was a king, like we're so different. But the reality is no, like these truths are the same. And so, yeah, I think a lot of us have had those situations where there was opportunities where we probably could have humbled ourselves and didn't. Then before we know it maybe in other ways we're, we're living like beasts you know and there's a wake-up call yeah
1: yeah
0: I mean i had an experience like that this week
2: i'll just be honest with you guys you know i um someone someone confronted me with something that um you know that I, where i was in an error and uh man it was it was really really hard to hear um and it was painful in a lot of ways but I'm really glad that it came out, you know, and Mm. I'm really glad that it, that it was brought to light and it was very humbling. Mm. And, but, but now I'm at this place where it's like, okay, Lord, I need you. Mm. And I, I, I I don't want to carry on in this way, in this error. And so I need, I need your grace, Lord. So, yeah. You were going to say something Connie, I cut you off.
1: No, no, no. I I was just thinking about, you know, Nebuchadnezzar and and I mean the fact is he was probably a pretty smart guy and pretty charismatic and to be able to get to where he was, right? Sure. But the his sin was not not recognizing God's grace on his life. Um mm. instead saying I have built this kingdom. Look what I've done! Look what I've done! You yeah. know, and I, I've, and what you were saying, Sean, about we're all infected with this this disease of thinking that we have done all this, we have done, you know, we're smart, we're whatever. And I, I was thinking, one of the questions that Gary asked um, in the discussion question was, uh, can you uh, pinpoint a specific example when you experience God's enabling grace? Um, I was thinking about. My mom, just caring for my mom, and, and I was thinking about a lot of people who care for their moms, who care for their parents or aging um, relatives who are not believers, who do it out of their own strength. They can do it, right? They're mm. caring for their parents. They're caring for um, di- in difficult situations. But I think the, what is the difference between— That's a great question, yeah. An unbeliever doing all this, all these great things and a believer doing— the same type of things. Do
2: you think I think it's power. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, cuz cuz there's there's a difference between just getting through something mm-hmm. and and getting through it with power.
1: With God's power, yeah. Yeah,
2: you know what I'm saying? Like and and that's what um that second Corinthians 12 passage is all about, right? So so Paul, you know, he's like I'm going through this physical torment, you know, it's most likely Related to the hardship and persecutions that he faced, right? But whatever kind of thing that was ailing him, he could have just kind of white knuckled his way through it and Mm -hmm. just grit your teeth and just, you know, suck it up and, you know, and, and he, you know, probably would have been able to keep going, but, but would he have lived from this place of power, Yeah, you know, and would he have been as effective in his ministry? I don't think so, Mm -hmm. right? And that was one of the things that Gary talked about. It was like, you know, um, he, he got to this point, Paul did, where he's like, I'm not going to let this bother me anymore. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to turn into this like whiny shell of a man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to boast. I'm going to get excited. He says it's like a cheerleader kind of word. He's like, I'm raw, raw about this, <laughs> about this, this suffering because I'm living with power. And that's wow. the difference, I think that like what you were saying Connie, about people that just try to do it on their own um you know it's it's like it's like nutrition right um if we if we are committed to feeling our body the right way with all the the nutrients we need and you know the all the different kinds of food and the right amounts and and all that stuff, we're gonna live you know differently that day. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As as opposed to, man, I could still get through the twenty four hour period of my my life, you know, eating junk or, or eating nothing at all. But I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be very useful to mm-hmm. the world. I'm not gonna really have power to I'm not gonna you know what I mean? I'm not gonna be fueled.
1: Well, I love what you just the example that you gave, um uh, specifically about Paul and his um whatever this ailment was, right? Mm-hmm. His thorn. Um Because it it harkens back to that, the first Peter passage, which is um, humble yourselves before the Lord. Um, And then in the ESV, it's the same sentence where it says casting all your anxiety on him. So Mm -hmm. what you said about Paul, like he's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to just white knuckle my way through this and I'm just going to grit my teeth and be in a bad mood about it. (laughs) You know, he instead, he was like, okay, I'm just going to cast it onto you. You are going to make me strong. You are going to get me through this. So good. And it's just that idea of like casting the anxiety on the Lord. And that is an act of humility because you're saying, I'm not going to do it myself. I can't carry it. I can't carry it. Or you may be able to carry it. Or, you know, like all these unbelievers who are doing good things, right? They're white knuckling their way through it, but it's not acknowledging God's power. It's not acknowledging his presence in our life. Just like Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, God gave him all these great things, but he thought he did it. You know, and he's giving himself credit rather than giving God credit for good that God's given. Yeah. So it's, this,
0: Speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, sorry to cut you off, Connie. Um, no. This reminds me of something Nathan kind of focused on was just about how, you know, to please Christ our goal is to please Christ, right? It's not to please mm. public opinion. And I just like thinking about that with Daniel and the Midianizer because, you know, right now we're talking about his transformation, but before that, you know, interpreting his dream, I can only imagine like uh, this this all-powerful king has his dream and asks you to interpret it. And you have this opportunity and Daniel knows, he's like, he's probably not going to like what I'm going to tell him, you know, mm. about the fall of his kingdom and all this kind of stuff. But still, he, 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 he leans on truth instead. He tells it like it is, he tells them straight and that has this amazing impact after that. And I think so many times in our lives we have that same opportunity, you know, to pander to feelings or to stand on truth, you know, like Dan, with your encounter you just had. Yeah. It may have been less uh, uncomfortable to just pat on backs and let feelings be the focus, but no, this person had just stayed on truth and vice versa. And now you're being able to grow and all that kind of stuff from that. So in our lives, man, we have a daily opportunity to do just that. When you're watching your friends or loved ones or spouses or whatever, and they're in this, you know, Nebuchadnezzar mindset or whatever, it's important for us to be, that's, that's one of the ways that God designed us to do life, right? Is to be able to be those people to speak truth towards one another to help again. Maybe it's not a, you're being transformed into an animal kind of thing, but that's one of the avenues that we can have our, our humility be reminded to us. <laughs>
2: Yeah and, and and don't you think that process is a way of God administering his grace? It, we we g- get God's grace from each other sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's it's him um just working directly in us, you know, through his spirit and and as we trust his promises, Gary did a great job of talking about that. Like we we experience grace when we humbly trust God's process, promises and sometimes it's more internal and and more kind of direct but but other times we we experience God's grace through people in the body mm-hmm. sharing sharing things with us speaking the his his promises and his truth to mm-hmm. us and man aren't you guys grateful that people have done that for you it's it's not always you know easy and enjoyable but it it really leads to us really being transformed like you said Sean and and like we said in um, Philippians 2 you know it 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 helps us further that process of God willing and working in us mm-hmm.
1: No, and that that um, what you were saying, Dan, about people, other people reminding us, and other people, we look at other people's examples. um, What you know, whether it's biblical saints or people who lived hundreds of years ago, or people who live now around us, when we look to what they're doing and how they're running their race, it encourages us. You know, I I was talking after the sermon with Cara um, Stewart and Amy Weber, and I asked him if I could share the story. But um, we were and talking, and they said yes. And they said yes. Okay, good, okay. <laughs> and, I asked um, them, and they said no. Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to yeah, share anyway. it anyway. <laughs> um, but they, we were talking about just going through difficult things, and you know what is encouraging and. Amy was saying that she and Ryan had put up this, what she called it, an Ebenezer shelf. Okay, you guys, we sing that song. Here I raise
2: my my Ebenezer.
1: Yeah. How many people you think really have no idea what that means, Ebenezer? All the people. All the people. (laughs) No, not all. (laughs) Come on. Well, well, explain to us what is that? Why are we saying here I raise my Ebenezer?
2: Yeah. So as I understand it. And Ebenezer is a, a monument to God, right? It's it's something you build up, something you you construct to remind you of something that God did, right? So it's like um so that every time you you, you know, you walk past this structure, it's a trigger to remember um God's faithfulness or his protection or whatever he did in that moment. Do I have right. that
1: right? I think so. I mean, Sean, do you have anything to
2: add to that? <laughs> She probably fa- where's our where's our podcast fact checker? <laughs> no, I
0: think it's true. I think it's from uh, First Samuel somewhere in there. Oh, good. Before. Is that right? I have oh, you look know it up. the answer already. It's, You're just messing with us. <laughs> You're no, messing
2: with. This is typical <laughs> homeschool
0: mom. <laughs>
1: that's so funny. But anyways, okay. okay correct I'm from wrong, Samuel, Samuel had a stone,
0: right? Samuel had a stone. And he called it Ebenezer. Now you that's give right. us the actual answer. Okay,
1: oh, that's awesome. Well, I did have to look it up. I mean, I did know it was a memorial stone, but actually, Ebenezer is a place um, where wow. they had this battle against the Philistines. But in any event, um, yeah, it's a stone of help. Um, Samuel did erect it because it was a it was a, to remind the Israelites this is where God. God has helped us thus far, you know, mm. and it's a, um, it's a memorial of, of divine assistance. Anyway, Amy was saying that they have this Ebenezer shelf where they put pictures and things to remind them of what, what God has done in the That's past so cool. to, to have more, f- to have faith for that future, right? Future, um, the the help and the strength that God's going to provide. And Kara brought up a, a great passage in, um, in Proverbs 31, you know, which is which is um, perfectly segues back to what how Gary started it, which saying, you know, saying we need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in us. Um, one verse in that Proverbs 3 one says, charm is deceitful um, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And then it goes on to talk about strength and dignity are her clothing and she laughs at the time to come. And that... That idea of laughing at the time to come rather than cowering in fear or unbelief or saying, I'm going to just do it myself, you know, it's, 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 why is she laughing? Why is she laughing at the time to come?
2: Because she's, she's, she's living from a, well, she's trusting God and she's living from a place of power. Like we've been talking about, she, she knows, she's seen what God has done and she, she has faith that he will continue
1: to do it yeah I mean isn't that what we do for one another when you were saying about encouraging each other and you know we we get strength God provides us strength through one another as well as as direct you know like you were saying but um yeah and I love in first Peter 3 it says that we are we are Sarah's children if we do good and do not fear anything that is frightening I love that because <laughs> he's not saying it's not frightening but we just mm. we just have to not fear it you know?
2: That's good. That's good. Easier said than done. Totally, but but I love how we can support each other in that, and uh, and God's going to give us the the power we need to 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 do that. And it's such a great segue into Gary's second point, which kind of he 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 focused. You know, in in that second verse of chapter two, he Paul focuses Timothy on like basically it's almost like zooming out and and saying, hey, everything that you've that you've received from me entrusted to others. Right. So in, in the presence of many witnesses entrust these things to those who are faithful and, and specifically, you know, those who are going to be able to replicate the process, who are going to be able to teach others also. So there's this like rippling effect, you know, there's this, um, that you don't just hoard this, the, these things, pass them on. And, and there's this sense you get from the letter that, Timothy is fearful about passing these things on for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe he's a, he's, he's heard of the people that have abandoned Paul and he's like, I don't want any piece of that. You know, maybe he's afraid um, of what people will say that there'll be mixed reviews. Maybe he's afraid of persecution, right? We don't really know, but he is, he is in need of some encouragement because he's, he's, he's fearful about these things. And, and I just love that, you know, there's this, there's this chain of influence that is going, that is to go on inside the, the church family. And that chain makes us stronger. Does it not? That chain, you know, fortifies us and it. And it allows us to be strengthened even more by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So mm-hmm. um, what, what from that section, I don't know, or, or just that, that whole idea of
0: like this, this chain going on, like what, where does that sit with you guys? I feel like, one of my best friends has a really great story about something like this. Is this is, is the Holy oh Spirit goodness. prompting me correctly or no?
2: No, yeah, we can. Oh, let's let's You'd just get it right in. It. I feel like I'm talking too much on this one, so we can we can we can clean out the fat, clean up the fat on this. Um, yeah. So so one of the one of the my most favorite things I've ever done in my life is this waterfall hike that we've done. Um, I've done it three times. It's on the Big Island, and so if, in Hawaii, and um, it's on the the Hilo side. So you got the Kona side and then the Hilo side, and it's in this this famous valley called YPO Valley. Have you guys ever seen pictures of the, of YPO Valley, or have you guys yeah. ever heard about it? It's awesome. I'm not sure. Yeah, so I mean, it's just this it, it's just this picturesque, um, like untouched kind of ju- where the jungle meets the the ocean, and there's these massive rolling mountains and just picture Jurassic
0: um, park minus the dinosaurs.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, um, and it's just, it's just this incredible, um, little slice of, of heaven. And you, um, you actually, uh, you, you have to hike down into the Valley unless you have a four wheel drive car because the, 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 the road going down there is like, it's like a 45 degree angle, right? So the way we've done it typically is we get dropped off at the top, you hike down into the valley, and then there's this um, there's the trailhead to this this waterfall hike, and it's it's really pretty amazing because if you're not with someone who's done the hike before, there's no way you're gonna find the trailhead because it's not labeled, it's not marked, it's kind of like a local like spot, you know. Um, which it, anyway, so so you're hiking through the jungle, you know, you're climbing over rocks. And all the while you're kind of hiking along the, this river. And as you get closer and closer to the waterfall, you start to, you start to hear it and then you start to feel it. And, and I mean, it's just this, you you don't even have to see it to realize the magnitude of this, of this waterfall. Well, at one point in the hike, you have to make this water crossing to get over to the place where you can, you can get into the waterfall and it's pretty sketchy. The the, the water's moving pretty fast and the only way for you to to get across it safely is to create a chain of a human chain of people and um and so it's just this beautiful picture i think of what what timothy is being you know taught by by paul and and what we're being by extension taught is that at any point you know you can you can look and everybody is reaching forward ahead to the person who's 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 a little farther down the road and reaching back to, to pull the next person through. And it's just this, um, this beautiful picture of, of, you know, a group of people working together to, to reach a goal or, or working together to, um, to get to, to the waterfall. And I just love this idea that, you know, Paul had entrusted these things to Timothy Paul. So, so in in a way, Timothy's reaching, ahead to Paul and now Paul is telling Timothy so now you reach behind and you pull the next the next generation up and I love how Gary was saying because I think a lot of times we think about generations as like decades you know like these long periods of time but it's it, the, the sense in, in, in this in this text is more like hey who, who's the next wave who's the next kind of person who's next up you know um, and, and in a way, all three of us ha- have been beneficiaries of this kind of process happening at VBC. We've all kind of come up, uh, uh, you know, from the, among the ranks, you know, and, and experienced this, this whole thing of someone reaching back and grabbing us. And so now the call is, you know, is just, to, I just love that picture of one arm forward, one arm back, and we're all working together, you know, to go the same direction. So, um, hopefully that's kind of a, a, a helpful word picture for people. Or not word picture, but imagery. I don't know what I'm
0: trying to say. Yeah. Suggest. I mean, we say this a lot. Great imagery. <laughs> uh, we say this a lot, but this isn't like a, oh, yeah, like me and Connie and Dan ever see this. Really all people in a healthy church family walking the walk for Jesus should have this experience to some degree. You know, we, we say a lot, oh, your cup should be filled and you should be filling someone else's cup. That type of imagery. Same kind of thing, walking the walk with the chain across the river. You know, I think a lot of us, again, back to the pandemic of Western co- church culture or whatever, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are starting to adopt this mentality of, you know, we say consumerist church mentality or whatever, where, you know, the, the limits of our Christian experience look like we go to church on Sunday, you know, we receive something that we like, hopefully, great teaching, it's engaging, you know, Charlie killed it preaching, the music is hopping, and then we go home. And that's the end of the experience for so many of us, which is so sad because that's not the way that Paul explains it. That's not the way that Jesus explains it. So the way you see it over and over again, in scripture, really, again, we should all be having this experience where we're being poured into and pouring into someone else. And I think in that, which you can all attest to that too, like we receive the benefit of being poured into, but we were just talking about this before the podcast with you and Alex, Dan, that pouring into someone else is so life-giving for all of us. You know, it's not just a a one way street. For both ends of that chain, you're all receiving benefits together it's mutually as you do in life. Absolutely, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
2: so that's so good. And you know, it's just like whatever we're going through in life, whatever we're learning, whatever God is doing in us, it's not just for us. It's for other people to share with. And how many times has that happened to you guys? Where you read something, or you're going through something really difficult, or Um, you had some kind of revelation or, um, you know, some kind of thing just where God was just like, this is it, this is it, this is it. And then if we're, if our, if our radar is open, if we're, if we're involved in relationship and community, how many times have you guys had that experience where it's like, oh my goodness, like God brought somebody to my, in my circle that day who needs to, to, to hear the same thing that I'm learning. I mean, do you guys experience that regularly? Does that happen? Maybe not the same day, but you guys know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So, so I think, I think it's an assumption that we probably need to develop more. Just, just saying like, okay, I'm going through something, I'm learning something, whatever. This is just the assumption that God is going to bring someone into your life that needs to hear that same thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that would really help us. I think because we'd, we'd we'd stay ready, right?
1: And and in this, you know, the times that we live in with with email and texting, and it's just so easy to stay in contact with people, um, even if you're living in different cities and things. I mean, I, I that's why I I do love that Valley Bible. We try to foster a culture of a family, and so like what you're saying, Sean. You know, you you sit. Under the preaching, and then you go home and you just have you're just by yourself or your family the whole week like let's not be that way let's let's interact, let's be interdependent like like what you're saying um Dan, about you know you're you're pouring into somebody else's life, somebody's pouring into your life i mean we we can be doing all those things in the body, you know and um not only not only that, but we look through the scriptures I mean I was when you were talking it reminded me of of Romans 15 for um verse 4 it says for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope so all mm. of the examples that you know we've been given with David and Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar even you know mm. they're there to give us encouragement to continue to live this life humbly before the Lord
2: well that's that's great I mean let, let's talk about that because that w- that was kind of where Gary ended on Sunday was this idea of of suffering well, and um, man, a lot of this whole tested series, I think, has really come back to that issue of of suffering and hardship, and and how how are we doing with that? Are we are we thriving in the in the midst of it, or are we cowering, you know, in fear and despair? Right, and so he gives us these three really vivid examples, right? It's, it's a a soldier, an athlete, a farmer. And so what did you guys get, you know, out of those, those examples? Um, what was helpful to you guys in those in verses three to six?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to take a a more serious turn here for the podcast. Oh boy. It's quite quite a setup. And I was thinking about just that verse five, an athlete, and you know, you got to live life according to the rules. You got, you got to live in accordance with the way Jesus designed life to be, you know, mm-hmm. living life with Jesus. And that just got me thinking about this process, you know, like last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was talking about living life in Christ. And we, we say this a lot about how when scripture says those who know and love the son have life and those who don't, don't have life, that's two kinds of life, right? It's eternal life, but then it's equality of life. Now this freedom and grace that we're talking about right now and all the benefits and all the things included with that. But I feel like we don't often talk about the flip side of that. You know, is just like the wages of sin is death eternally. I think in the same way, the wages of sin is 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 a missing out on that life now. And so, if you are like you're
2: welcoming death into your life, you're welcoming death
0: as you walk out. And and I can't imagine that someone could really do this stuff in an effective way. You know, understanding your humility and bowing before the Lord and all this stuff, if you're continuing to live in a life of sin. You know, we, of course we, there's aspects of that and the Lord is so kind and gracious with us, but as a whole, you know, if you're reading through this stuff and you're like, oh man, how do I do this? At the same time, you know, you're addicted to pornography or you're cheating on your wife or whatever it is, you know, you're an alcoholic, you, you're not dealing with it. It's like, it's like you're trying to figure out how to run well and you're missing a leg, you know, like there's a right. major crisis here and there, it's impossible for you to do this, you know? So anyways, I was really thinking about that a lot when he was talking about verses five and six, because you know for us to do this, if we're gonna live like an athlete, if we're gonna be a farmer working hard for a crop, we can't do that if we're spraying pesticide in the crop and poisoning it daily with a sinful life. You know what I'm saying?
1: That's good, yeah, I know I was thinking that like the soldier, athlete, farmer, I mean, each of these um folks have a single like they have a goal in mind, right? They're not just um like a soldier is not going to be uh, entangled in civilian pursuits because his aim is to please the one who enlisted him yeah. and like an athlete i mean he's he's running to win the crown right and um a farmer you know wants to get the crop so there's there's a purpose to what they they may be quote unquote suffering to do what whatever that they have to do to be disciplined and to get up early and to you know, to work for this goal that they have. But they have a goal and they're working toward it. And um, I think that that is such a good um, reminder for us to, um, to be able to appropriate God's grace and his strength um, for the times of suffering and, and times of ease because we have both in our life and, or some areas of suffering and some areas of ease. But we have a goal and we have a purpose and we have we're we we're, we're working toward it um so so my question is like how do we practically access this grace and this power? yeah,
2: and before we talk about that because it just it sparks something for me. do you guys think it's true that there's a lot of people in our culture and and maybe they're they they're people we would consider to be successful or competent you know high functioning kind of people who have no problem grinding for certain goals, mm-hmm. right? They, they have no problem waking up, you know, at five o'clock in the morning uh, to, to go on, you know, a, a 60 mile bike ride before work because they have this goal of, of, you know, being fit or, or, you know, winning some kind of race. Right. Mm-hmm. Or we have, you know, we, we know people maybe who have no problem, um, <sighs> kind of maybe saying no to to certain things because they want to do really well on their finals. You know, mm-hmm. they want they want to study hard and like they want to get a good grade because they want to go to a certain school and have a certain career and make a certain kind of money, right? There there's certain goals that we have that we're willing to suffer for. Right? Mm-hmm. Do do you guys agree? Mm-hmm. I think most people will you know, even even if <laughs> even if um maybe the goal is not that great of a goal, will we'll grind for it if we really want it. And I think sometimes when it comes to um the work that Jesus wants to do in our life and when it comes to his gospel and and sharing that with the world um then we're like ah I can't I can't suffer for that. <laughs> I can't grind for that, mm. right? Um but these these three examples they're 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 people that are that are committed to their, their process, because like you say, Connie, they're committed to the, their purpose uh-huh. and they, they're bought into it. And so sometimes maybe I, maybe we're, we're not suffering because we're not totally sold on the, the purpose, right? We're, we're, we're more into a different pursuit and, and I don't know, that kind of brings us to that thing that, that Gary really ended with was the we got to think about these things. We got to seriously ponder, you know, where we, where we're at with this stuff. Um, I don't know. So, 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 and I think that goes back to your question too, Connie, of like, how do we do it? You know, and, and, and let's, maybe we should kick that around.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, just to piggyback on what you're saying, I think sometimes people are surprised when they're suffering as a Christian. They're like, well, I'm a Christian, so I should things should be a lot easier and better for me, right? Mm-hmm. versus suffering is definitely part and parcel of being in Christ, you know. Yeah. I mean, we share in his sufferings. So um so yeah, it shouldn't surprise us like Peter said. But in any event, like going back to that question of like, okay, how do we practically live this? You know, what Gary is talking about with grace and humility and power. When we're going through things. Yeah. Oh, Sean, you go. I was going to say, I
0: was going to just tee off your question again of just, you know, I think, like you said, I think everyone's going to suffer for something. That's life, right? We all, we all want things and everything costs something. Right. But I think a lot of times when it comes to our walk with Jesus, it's not even necessarily that they don't want to work hard. It sometimes it's that they're not willing to do the type of work required. it makes me think of like marriages like there's some people that I know that they're the hardest working men in their careers that I know you know they're just savages for their job but then they're completely unwilling to do the work of opening their hearts and apologizing to their wife for something they did or unwilling to do the work of addressing their character flaws whatever it is and so I think it's not like an unwillingness to work hard sometimes it's an unwillingness to open up And to again, acknowledge your need for Jesus, you know, the, the things that make us deal with us, which that's so common, right? We, we pick and choose truths from scripture that we like, and then we kind of conveniently avoid talking about some of the ones that we don't like because maybe they talk directly (laughs) to our hearts, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think we'll all pay a price. Um, And so I think maybe one of the takeaways for me is one of the ways that we can work on this, be intentional, like a farmer, like you said, Connie is maybe, you know, we say, of course, do your, your, your quiet time and renewing your hearts and all that stuff, but maybe just more pointedly, you know, pray daily for the Lord to reveal to you. What are those ways that you need to be showing more humility towards God? What are those ways that you're not bowing to him and you need to be? Um, even if, you know, like you said, five minutes a day praying, it might have huge impacts.
2: Yeah. And I think it's really good that there's the, I wonder, Sean, to your point, like, if the type of work that we sometimes avoid has to do with the fact that we can't control it. Yeah.
1: You know, of course.
2: And and it's like, if I want to be, you know, successful in my career, um, or if I want to be, if I want to be, get better at playing guitar or whatever, like there's a certain amount of control that I can have. It can can go kind of my, my way. Right. Uh, You know, if I put it in, I get a certain output. Right. But when it comes to relationships, when it comes to sharing the gospel, um, you know, when it comes to using our gifts to, to build each other up in love, those things are unpredictable. <laughs> you know, it's, it, we, we step out in faith and we do what God's called us to do. And then we have to trust him with the results. And and that giving up of control, that's a way that we can humble ourselves. Exactly. Right. right. Because when we think we're the masters of our own universe, what, what's really behind that? Pride. And so when it comes to like Gary, Gary was so good. He was like, um, you know, sometimes we have to say out loud, I can't do this, Lord. I have nothing left. I know you want me to do X, Y, and Z, but I can't do it in my own strength. And then, we, well, we think, well, he knows that he knows that say it. <laughs> That's what Gary was saying. Say it out loud, verbalize it because there is. There's humility in that, mm. and, and we cannot access God's grace without humility. He's going he's gonna to oppose us, in fact. Mm. He's, he's going to stiff arm us, reject us, <laughs> if we come to him in pride. He hates that. Mm. <laughs> God hates pride because it's completely backwards. It's completely—when when we, when we come to him in pride, we are delusional. We are not in touch with reality. We don't have an understanding that is that is true and biblical, but when we come to him in grace, or sorry, when we come to him in humility, mm-hmm. he gives us more grace. Mm. And some of sometimes that that humility is releasing control.
1: Wow, sounds like a real a little summary of Nebuchadnezzar's life right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to go back, to you can learn a lot from that from <laughs> that
2: guy. He yeah. Sometimes sometimes the best uh, the best like um, lessons are what not to do. Right.
1: Mm. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think what you said about relinquishing control because I think um, is so um, insightful because that is really the, at the bottom of why we don't humble ourselves before God because we think we can, can, we can do it. And a lot of, you know, there's millions and billions of people in the world who are doing it and think they're doing it on their own and they're not giving God the glory um, that he deserves um, because there's common grace God gives common grace, right? But that humility is 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 saying, yeah, I have control over nothing and therefore I completely relinquish everything to you, whether it's my job, whether it's you know wanting to be married and not married or whatever it is um that that you are we are all suffering with. Some I mean we all suffer with something. You know, that's just part of life.
0: Yeah um or i'm going to give one more plug one more one more to do list and this one is a vulnerable one so I, I, i'll be stoked if anyone messages saying that they did us so if you do it tell us cuz it'll be awesome uh we'll link this book that we're reading through on staff ordering your private world um i think it's really fitting cuz so we just went through this chapter that talks about um being when it comes down to it like self-driven versus kingdom-driven versus jesus-driven and it lists all these different characteristics of someone who is like self-driven or material driven and what those different symptoms can be. And so one of the exercises we did on staff, you guys might remember this, is one of the questions was, okay, which one of these do you fall into? You know, which one of these are you more susceptible to? So that's one thing. But then even more so, which is the really vulnerable part, is Gary asked us to ask your spouse, ask someone else what they think out of this list you fall into. And that's a really scary thing for a lot of us. But also what a like beautiful act of either marriage or friendship or mentorship or whatever that looks like to be able to be vulnerable and open like that and man it can be so telling like if I asked Dan to tell me that list, I'm sure what he said is it would be not exactly what I would say about myself you know and it would be healthy for me to hear that and vice versa. Dude, I br- I bring the thunder, dude. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold back. I just
1: <laughs> don't ask Dan.
0: I just completely just blast you. And for the record, I did. I asked Patty from the list, so I'm not just like preaching what I'm not doing. I did it. I ate the humble pie. Here we are, and it was great.
2: That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and we and that's the only way we we can grow. And I just man, I think man, humility is such an important. It, it's almost like I don't know. Maybe it's it's this like central prerequisite to, to life with Jesus. I mean, even before we come and experience the saving grace that God wants to give us this free gift, we have to get to that point of humility. And, and as we continue to grow and work out our salvation with fear and trembling, we, we have to continually be reminded that we have nothing to offer (laughs) Mm-hmm. and just bring live life from this from this um place of 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 neediness and and I think that is such it's almost like a um a naughty word in our culture humility you know it's like why would i want to be humble like why we you know that's that's like that's a terrible place to be and what a weird thing to 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 shoot for um but Really I you know, there's this there's this quote by Barry Switzer who's who's uh you know a and a retired NFL coach and um he, he I think he coached for the, the Chiefs and the in the, the um Cowboys and a bunch of other teams. He's a pretty successful guy. Pretty successful guy. But he's 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 he says this. Some people are born on third base and they go through life thinking they hit a triple. <laughs> okay, right? <laughs> And and I almost want to take out the sum, right? He says some people. I think people in general are we we think you know like you you mentioned this this idea of common grace, that that God is 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 constantly um, working in creation in society, um, and society, in, and in individuals. He is showing us that he's good, and he's showing us that that he is God, and we are not, and the sooner we the sooner we realize that that is the reality, and the more we can perpetually walk in that reality, the more we're going to experience that grace right mm. and so um I think that's an important thing for maybe people to think about is like just do some pondering and and, and think like do i do I live like life as if I did it mm. <laughs> Do I live life as if, you know, it's all on me and, and whether it's your life, you it's whether, whether you look at your life and say, man, things are going pretty great, or you look at your life and you're like, man, I'm kind of a mess. Um, either way, um, are you giving yourself too much credit <laughs> for that? Mm. And my guess is we probably would all to some degree cop to that, you know, if we really thought about it. And so then to take that as a, as a moment of reflection yeah. and say, well, what can I do to humble myself before God? Um, because I promise you, it's a lot. It's a lot more. It's a better experience doing it that way than having Him humble you. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah. Well, what you what you said about like humility as kind of a basis of the gospel, or yeah. something you said, it reminded me of um, you know Matthew five, the Sermon on the Mount, the very first. Blessed, you know, mm-hmm. common is blessed are the poor in spirit Yes. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yes. I wanted, mm-hmm. yes. So I that. that is just exactly humility, you know, humility. We cannot do a thing. We mm-hmm. are completely poor in spirit. So yeah, I think Jesus would agree with you, Dan.
0: Which hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right. <laughs> How freeing is it though we don't have to carry that weight, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we've been going for a little bit today, but man, I've been having fun. Um, yeah, and just, and just to add on to that, you know, we know that this can be heavy sometimes, but again, we just want more than anything for that to come through, that there is freedom and joy and peace in this process, and that, again, hallelujah, that we don't have to be the one carrying the burden of pushing through life on our own, you know, that we have each other, brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the Lord Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. And I'll just say, man, there's no I don't know a single person in my life, a single mature Christian man in my life, that would say, yeah, there's no area that I need to grow in humility in Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Elders of our church, whatever, whoever it is. So if you're saying that, then man, check yourself before you're you like, wreck you're yourself. You're like Moses, who's
2: who apparently thought he was the most humble man who ever lived.
0: You better <laughs> check yourself before you wreck yourself, before you end up as a camel in the woods, you know what I'm saying?
2: Ooh, hey, that's, that's a mic drop moment right there.
0: End of podcast. Alright guys, Connie, thank you for being with us as always. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you later.
1: Bye! Bye!
0: Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.